Welcome, friends of the universe. We are Soul Women. We are three 20-something-year-old women working towards growing and learning in our spirituality and life practices daily. We have come together to talk all things adulting, learning more deeply about our own souls as well as others, and to give healthy insight on how to live a life of wellness. We work together to have relatable conversations and hope to help promote a lifestyle of inner peace while also maintaining our unique life perspectives and advice. So let's get started. Hello, soul people. We've missed you. Hello. We tend to do this. Hi. <laughs> we like to make you miss us a little bit before we put out a next episode. <laughs> it's a healthy relationship. <laughs> exactly. Um, we are here today just to do a little update episode on our lives. And we've all been dealing with a lot of change, a lot of transition, Maybe some of you have too, and will re- relate to how we're feeling and some of the things that we are dealing with emotionally and mentally through these times of transition. Um, we're actually, we, this happens to us three a lot where we're in transitional phases at the same time. Definitely. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Like, it's I don't like know sink- if it's just seasonal. Or- it's like syncing up your cycles, but your cycles of life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Seriously, we're synced. We're synced up, but it's helpful because then as a, as a relationship of the three of us, it's, we tend to understand each other's crazy times a little bit better because we're all kind of in the same boat. So we can give each other that like understanding of like, oh yeah, you're really busy doing this. I'm really busy doing that, but we'll still make time for each other. And we do a good job. I think I'm proud of how we can like make time for each other, but also be like, and I need to have no human interaction for the rest of the night because I was just doing the most today. Yep. Which I feel like you need to give that grace to your friends too. And because we all go through these different transitions, like Andy said, and you know, whether it's a, it's a good transition or uh, like an easy transition or a hard one, big or small, we can all relate to each other during those times too, which I encourage you all to, you know, talk more to your friends about the transitions that you're going through and what they might be experiencing too, how they feel about it, what they're scared of. Cause I think talking about your fears, and this is why I say friends are free therapy. Mm-hmm. Good one. For sure. Important to talk about those things. Yeah. The yeah. good ones. It is, it is interesting though, because like Callie said, talk to your friends about it. Cause Callie and Mar are really like the first, um, friends I have where I really keep them posted on pretty much every detail of what I'm going through. And that's not, it hasn't been a normal thing for me other than maybe with my mom and my sister. But, um, even sometimes I don't get to share things with my mom and my sister right in the moment I'm feeling them because they're busy and they have lives too. And it's nice to have those people that you can just share even details that don't seem that important on the grand scheme of things, but there's perspectives that you can gain from your friends. And I think more people need that than they lead on. And so I think you'd be surprised to find that if you open up to someone or you're more vulnerable with someone, they're more likely to be vulnerable back with you and just share their experiences with you as well, which um, these girls have really helped me with a lot because as we all know, solo processor. <laughs> well, same with solo processor, but like 
not only have these girls helped me, but they've saved me in times where I, like, and we've all been there too, when you get like so wrapped up in your head and, and you think that you're the only one going through something and you're like, oh, like I can't let the world see that I'm hurting or that I'm struggling. And then you talk to your friends about it and you're like, oh, that wasn't that big of a deal. I got this. Exactly. It, it makes bring me down to earth. Less. Yeah, totally. Yeah, so we'll just kind of take turns talking about some of the stuff that we're going through. Um, I know one of the biggest things is we're all moving, or Callie has already moved, but she just recently moved. Um, I'm going to be moving in two weeks, and Mar's going to be moving in about a month. month. Yeah. Yeah. It's so Which is a lot. Crazy, yeah. And it's interesting because it's like, like you're saying with us always being in transitions together this one seems really big and different because it's I mean Cal's moving in with a partner which is a huge deal and Mm -hmm. Andy's basically moving her whole business and expanding and I'm moving to like a very fucking busy city (laughs) and like they're all just like very big things I feel and Mm -hmm. it's really cool that they're all really different um but we all are feeling the same things and the same anxieties and worries. And it's nice to sit and be able to talk about that together. And like every situation I've had during this move, which hasn't been an easy (laughs) situation whatsoever, Callie and Andy know everything. And they've helped me through like the little anxieties that I have, which is so helpful. Or I think I'd be a lot worse off. I I would be worse off if, if I didn't have that. Yeah. Yeah. Like one of the things we were even just talking about this morning, which I'll bring up right away is something we all collectively can agree on is like getting your hopes up versus being realistic when it comes to transitional time. So of course, when you're looking to move or you're looking to upgrade your life, or you're looking for a new apartment or a new house or new business space, you always will find places that are beautiful, but then you can't get super excited about them until you literally sign the lease or till, you know, you close on the house or whatever you're doing. And that's been one of the hardest parts for all of us is that, of course, this is a really exciting time, but it's hard to be excited because you want to be realistic. So you want to continue to manifest these goals and, you know, mentally prepare for the fact that you might not get the house that you want or the space that you're looking for. Maybe you can't afford it or someone might fall through or there's just a lot of different things that could happen in that transitional time. So you're, you're in this weird in between of like, I can't get too excited, but I don't want to be negative. I want to keep my hopes up, but I don't want to get, you know, let down. And, and it's, it's kind of a hard place to be, especially for the three of us. Cause we like to be really, um, you know, positive about our experiences and manifest them and believe in the universe working with us. And we do, but there's also just that weird, like, I don't know for sure yet. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the what ifs. I think that, you know, it's talking about houses too, as people are listening, whether or not you're changing houses or, or locations, all of these things apply to other areas of your life too. So like that constant push and pull between, you know, expectations and your reality that you have in front of you and creating those realistic expectations for yourself while still like letting yourself be a dreamer and manifest those things and know that those things will come into your life when you want them. Um, but speaking of houses too, like we've moved into ours already. We, we found this beautiful house. We signed the lease. 
And we are still finding things that we did not see when we moved in. And there will always be those things, no matter where you are in your, in your life. You'll think that something looks a certain way and you're like, this is perfect. There could be nothing better. And then like it, there's truck stickers on the window and crayon marks on a window or or like outside it's we're in an ex flood zone but there still comes like this big wave of water that comes under the carport so we can't have a mat out there and you learn these things and this is where you know talking about rolling with the punches <laughs> because you can't control these things and you're never going to be able to control these things and so looking at it in a positive light instead of being like why the fuck would they not put that there or show that to us because that could have been like I'm not a deal breaker, but we would have at least asked the landlord if they would fix it, which thankfully they did. But instead of getting wrapped up in something like that, you're like, okay, well, we'll do this to, you know, remedy it. And you keep working through it and you keep looking at the positive sides because that's way more likely to happen than, you know, the worst case scenario. Or if you let something just sit and float around in your head for hours on end, like, oh, oh my gosh, it's like, this just ruined my day or like this just made me grumpy. Like you have to stay, keep your head up above water during these times, literally above water that comes in my carport. Grace, literally you have to have grace with everything that you're doing and just know that it's, there's going to be those moments that aren't perfect. Right. (laughs) Yeah. I think like, especially in our twenties, like we are now we have we just like romanticize like what our future will be like and that we like think it's gonna be like so easy once we get there I think because we're in our 20s and I know Andy's kind of beat us to this but she's probably learning and evolves like belief as well but um especially for Cal and I we sit and we like to romanticize what we think our life is going to be and we think it's going to fall into place and be so easy and like Parts of that is true where it will fall into place. We do have to believe the universe that like we're on the right path. But I think we're learning that that comes with a lot more compromise than we thought and letting little things go and not basically letting yourself lose some of that control. I know that's been a big thing for me, especially during this moving process, like knowing I can't control every single little thing. It, it's It's making it a little more realistic where, okay, I might have to compromise on a few things or be a little more lenient, but like, yeah, I don't know. I just think we're learning like the brutal side, like the brutally realistic side of life, even though it's still great. We're just learning that. Okay. (laughs) There, there is things that we have to compromise and be better with. Yeah. And a brutally realistic side of adulting is that fridges are freaking expensive. And if you, if you, if you are like me and you thrift everything, there are certain things that you just don't want to thrift. And then you don't, you don't realize how expensive Mm -hmm. they are. Mm -hmm. And for for both Al and I, we've always lived in places where we didn't really need furniture or, you know, full sets of silverware. (laughs) Yeah. And, and certain things like that. And so, and a couch, we've never had a couch that we've owned or, or big area rugs. So all of these things that we, you know, make 
50 million Home Depot runs and I'm on Facebook marketplace like crazy. And you just have to realize that when you pay your credit card bill at the end of the month and it's three times higher than you thought it would be, that it's okay. And it's all part of adulting. And those are the times where I have to like sit down with myself. Like if I feel money stressed, that's something that is, um, like a stressor in my life. And that's one of the main things that I try to meditate on and focus on and how I view money, my relationship with it and what it means to be abundant, not just financially, but just like in my soul. And, you know, I could have more than enough money in the bank and like have tons and savings. And if I spend a ton of money, I'm still like (laughs) wishy-washy about it. And I'm like, wow, now I'm broke, which is not the you know, I think that's so normal. I think one of my favorite Wayne Dyer quotes when it comes to finances and money has always been what's needed will come. And it's something I read in one of his books and it's always stuck with me because in Callie and Mar, both of you, I think you're really good about being minimalists and you really do only buy what's needed. Yeah. You don't Mm -hmm. always need a couch. You don't always need a rug, but sometimes when you're moving on to that next level of your life and you're trying to manifest more abundance, you do need to step it up a notch and get a sustainable living couch that's going to last you for maybe five, 10 years or longer, or you do need to start looking at What's sustainable? What am I going to need? What's going to enhance my life so that I can continue to manifest abundance and continue to kind of walk this talk of like this lifestyle that I want to live. So I like to pride myself on being a minimalist, but there are things that I buy or go like, you know, I probably don't need 12 plants, but the plants in my space, they make me breathe better. (laughs) (laughs) They make me happy. They make me think of, you know, manifesting more of a peaceful space for my clients or it just puts me in the right head space. So regardless of what's needed and what's not needed to someone else, to, to your own standards, I always just try to remind myself of that, like what's needed will come. So if I'm going to spend $50 on this tree plant, you know, that $50 is going to come back to me from the energy of this tree that is allowing me to feel happier, to feel lighter, to breathe better. You just, if you think of it in that way, or like Callie said, if you think of it in a way of manifesting more abundance, I think there's a way to responsibly purchase things that are going to enhance your life and push you closer into the direction that you want to be in. And I also think there's something to be said for being sustainable, which I do think you are doing, Callie. I think you are, when you're making these purchases, you're looking into, you know, I'm not going to go throw this rug away next year. This is a rug that I'm going to like and want to have that's timeless. The design is something I won't get sick of. You know, you're not just going to recycle through your furniture every year. Like this couch, you're going to have this couch for a long time. And I will say that whenever I am purchasing something, um, and let's say even if it is off of off of a website, like trying to choose things that I know if it's not something I can find on marketplace, I know that I'm going to have this for a long time and how I recycle through things in my house. I don't I don't usually just throw them away. I would either offer them up on marketplace if I didn't care about the money side of it, then I would be like curbside pickup or whatever. Just so like you can give and keep like putting that energy out there because you know, somebody else will get love and use out of that same thing. And there are a few things as, as you know, when you're unpacking and things that you might've missed on the initial moving out purge that we all go through, 
that you look at and you're like, I don't have a place for this. I don't have a need for this. I will say I'm minimalist in most senses, minus the fact that I think I have a small addiction to wall decor, but that's about it. (laughs) But that's art and that makes you happy, you know? Yeah, that's true. And it's other people's art too that you're buying and you're helping. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like, you know, you're helping local artists, which is awesome. But also, yeah, I think we're all dealing with um, being intentional with our consumerism almost. I definitely have kept that in mind a lot with when I'm buying new clothes recently. And now like I'm putting a lot more effort into looking at restaurants and clothing brands and just platforms online that are um, black owned, black started, black women starting companies. Like those are the ones that I have been really trying to put effort to because I look up to them so much. And just knowing that like my money is going to people who are working hard in every single aspect of a business. And I think it's a hard transition because you see cheap things and you're like, Oh my God, I know we're all pretty frugal. So it's like, Oh my God, we see it. And we're like, this is great. I love it. It's only like $10. But once you start actually cutting through all the layers of like, how did it get here? How was it produced mass production? You know, it was imported. Um, in from another, like China or something. And you just start realizing like, is it really worth the cheapness? Like, is that going to make me happy? Is this like, am I putting a good print in the world, like imprint on the world doing that? Or can I put a little more effort towards something better quality, better made, better crafted? Like, like, like you said, like I said already, like intentional consumerism. Definitely. And You know, as I was looking for silverware today, because we've never had a full set of silverware, you get what you pay for. And you have to think about that, too, where it's like you can shop frugally in a lot of ways. But if you are if you are looking for something that is, you know, quote unquote, new or hasn't been used before, what is going to last you the longest time? Sure, you can get by and pay 15, 20 bucks for a set of silverware that is cheaply made or is really lightweight and not heavy duty. And I did not know anything about chromium to nickel content until now, <laughs> until today and the importance Still of it. <laughs> and, and, you know, and just doing that little time in all areas of your life to put a little bit of time, energy and research into these things and say, what is sustainable? What will last me for years to come? How much do I actually need? I don't need a 48 set of silverware if it's just two people. Let's say we have two other people come visit. We don't need that much floating around aimlessly in our house never to be used. And, you know, maybe down the line, if we need those things, then we'll bring them in. But I think some people, they'll see a really good deal and be like, well, I don't need it all, but like it's a good deal. And I had like my grandpa used to be like that, too. He'd go somewhere. He's like, I bought it because it was a good deal, but he didn't need it. And then you end up looking at your house after a while and like, yeah, you had all these good deals. But look how much you spent over five good deals and all the stuff that you never use in your cabinets. So, I mean, I would encourage anyone who's listening, like go through your stuff, like slowly. You don't have to do it all in one day, but like do a little bit every day where you're like, okay, what do I actually need? Like what's actually making an impact on my life? Is it making my life easier? Is it helping me or is it just cluttering 
because most things will just clutter. And I think having empty space, knowing exactly what you have is it, it really gives you more clarity and more ease in living. Totally. I think there's something to be said too, for if you are feeling anxiety, like we've all felt when you're shopping or you need to go buy something and then you're like, Oh, I'm spending this money. I'm having anxiety about it. That one step further that we're talking about, about putting the extra time into researching where the product's coming from, or buying from a local business or a black owned business or um, a more sustainable brand, that extra five, 10 minutes, maybe it takes you an hour, however long to research what's going into that will actually take away some of that buyer's remorse or that anxiety, because you're going to feel good about the fact that you just aided to a company that deserves it, deserves it for one. And for two, then at least for me, when I think about when I just make a big purchase and I know it's from a, like a good company that I really support and care about, it ends up feeling more like a donation to them and less about me just having spent so much money because it's like, well, then my money's being put back into this like ecosystem of sustainability and supporting other people who need this money more than I do right now. And then I feel like, that helps with that law of abundance as well. And that what's needed will come. Cause it's like a karmic, like your money is karma and where you put yeah. your money is it's, it's really, really strong karma money is and yeah. where you're putting your money and what you're investing into is going to show you your success basically. So if you're going to put money into places that are universally and spiritually sound with your beliefs and what you stand by, then you're going to, you know, get those types of people back spending money on your own business or buying your products or whatever you're going to put out into the world too. And this is actually one of my favorite things to talk about right now, because it takes years, you guys, to like have a sustainable household. Like it's really hard to do, especially when we grow up, we grew up as such like in a consumerism culture and like we are taught to consume all the time and we are literally raised based on a culture that wants us to buy from, you know, keep things from sweatshops from other countries. And like, it takes time. Like I definitely still have things in my house that I'm like, that probably shouldn't have bought this 10 years ago when I bought it. But we're also not saying go throw everything away because that's yeah. the opposite of being sustainable as well. Like if you're going to get rid of stuff, donate. Um, if you can, you can try and sell it. But like I have a pair of perfect, perfect example before I went vegan. I have a pair of leather North Face boots. They're beautiful boots. They are in great condition. And I, when I went vegan, I swore I'd never buy non-vegan anything anymore. So I don't buy clothing or shoes or anything that are made with animal products. But I still have these North Face boots because to me, it's about sustainability first and getting rid of these boots is doing just the opposite of what my goal is. So I'm still going to use them. I'm going to get the best use out of them I possibly can, you know, until they're literally non-functioning anymore. Mm -hmm. And so that's okay too, to, to focus on sustainability first. And then you can kind of tear off of that. Okay. Is it local? Is it made by a woman owned company? Is it made by, you know, you can kind of tear off, um, from sustainability. Definitely. And I think there's something to say about 
once there's a moment that you you get an income, like you get a consistent income and you actually can afford nicer things, like to be super mindful about that and put invest in things that are also nice quality and a little bit more expensive. And I know like if you can afford like an investment, like that's the way to go. Um, because even like thrifting is kind of been in the last decade has become this huge fad for people to go and thrift. And like, yes, a lot of people do need to thrift. That's how they can like find things like good quality things under their, like in their budget. But now because it's such a fad to thrift, the people who really need those thrift stores can't even afford it because the pricing has gone up so much in the last 10 years. And it's because we have people who can totally afford investing in better things, going to the thrift stores, because that's the cool thing to do to go find Levi jeans. And now people who like, who are low income and need that are struggling there too. It's just like, you have to remember that's a chain of events. Like we are all connected in the same ecosystem and like we have to, we have to be better as consumers to understand, okay, what, who am I affecting when I buy this? Like good and bad, the pros and cons, you know, like I just think Mm -hmm. being more empathetic with your buying is something, like you said, it's a habit that has to be like, it's a continuous habit that you have to practice, but I mean, you're helping other people. And how cool is that is like, you get to buy something you like, invest in something you like, and you see the chain of like all these people you're helping and like supporting. Like that is so beautiful. I love that. I love that Mm -hmm. so much. And you know what? There's a lot of things you can do down to the packaging. Something I've been trying to really get good at is if I am ordering something online, especially with quarantine and stores being shut down, I know online consumerism is huge and it's just going to continue to grow. I like to go through companies that use recyclable packaging and they state that like you can find stuff out about Mm -hmm. a company like, hey, we only use recycled materials when we ship. And then what I'll do is that that packaging that I get sent is I then use that for shipping out products that I make and sell. And even right now, for instance, like I'm going to be moving soon. I've been saving every box and I'm going to be using that to move. And then I'm going to save those boxes, keep them in a closet for the next time I have to move. Or for Christmas, I use all my old boxes to wrap Christmas gifts in or to haul vegetables from the grocery store. Once we can use reusable bags and stuff again, you can bring a box. Like there's just a lot of things you can do all the way down to your packaging. And even just the little things that I've been doing that I've been more conscious of now than ever, I would say is like, I buy a salsa jar. I finish the salsa. I'm keeping the jar because there's going to be a use for it at some point. Yep. Whether you want to drink water out of it, whether you want to put flowers in it, whether, yeah, I mean, there's always use. You have a friend come over and you made too much food and you have leftovers, put them, give them one of your recycled jars filled with that leftover food. And then they can take and recycle that jar. I mean, there's always something you can use it for. Yes. Yes. Sandy, we love it. We love sustainability. <laughs> See, it's so funny. Like I'll have friends come over to our house and I give them water in a mason jar and they're like, of course you serve water in a mason jar. And I'm like, ah, you know who I am. Yeah. It's yeah. cute too. Like I'm someone, I don't love like symmetry. I love a asymmetrical non-matching. Like that's kind of my jam. So it works well for me. If you're a really like symmetrical person, like you like to have everything like perfect, whatever, make a separate cupboard for your recycled jars and just like 
don't look at it unless you need them. Cause I feel like that's a lot of people's thing is like, well, I hate having non-matching dishes. And it's like, well then just have a separate area where all your miscellaneous dishes go. And then you can go into that area when it's time for you to like put food, you know, leftover food away or whatever. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I love how it looks to have like different size glassware. I think oh, it's yeah. super pretty. And I think it's like, it's trendy now so you can get away with it more. But yeah, yeah whenever I have friends over too, they're always like, you're such a minimalist. Cause I'll have like my wooden silverware section. And then up until literally a couple of weeks ago, I didn't have a full set of silverware either, Callie. And I just bought some like nice stainless steel, you know, stuff that will last me. But again, I didn't buy like 5,000 of them. I have a set of four and, and it's like, um, I don't usually have more than that many people over, especially during quarantine. Like who are you, what, who's having dinner, dinner parties right now? Anyways, <laughs> exactly. no one should be having dinner parties. No one. <laughs> outside and we're being safe. Callie, I'm curious, you know, you made a big move in your relationship and know this is something that you guys have been gearing up for, for a while. Cause you've been living with Albert through quarantine in a tiny little space. So now you have this beautiful, <laughs> big open space. That's going to be great, but yeah. it's a big deal. I mean, that's a big move to, to move in with a partner. Um, so yeah, I want to hear about how you're feeling. Yeah, honestly, we've been learning a lot too because we've been making Home Depot runs and doing DIY projects and just moving through all these things that requires both of our opinions and, you know, how we want to decorate a space. Since Alb's studio is also partially the living room and talking about, you know, decorative acoustic foam and just laying on our couch and being like, what do we want this to look like? Like, how do we want this to feel? And, you know, in terms of calling the landlord and trying to figure these things out and we had to move both of our houses as well. And, you know, when you're down in the South and it's a hundred degrees and you're moving, like that's a bonding experience. And as a side note, I don't know if you'll ever have to go through this, but when we moved my stuff out at night, we were moving all of my big stuff. And we finally got this, uh, our friend's van that we rented from them and drive up to the house and we go upstairs and it's raining outside. And so we're already dealing with that. And we try to turn on the electricity and there was no electricity because we had turned the electricity off at my old house on, you know, the first of the month and we went in the middle. So not only was it hot and humid and dark and rainy, <laughs> But, you know, we're we're working through this and we kind of both take a deep breath after moving all day. And we're like, OK, like it's one of those moments where you're just like we got it. We got to just get this done. But it's been an amazing experience and we've both really, really loved it. And making these decisions together has been incredibly moving in our relationship and how we feel and work as a partnership. Um, and I think I was expecting that to a certain degree, but like feeling, feeling that different level of closeness, because it is scary when you move in with somebody, even if you have planned for it, because for the first, like this past week, I've had random dreams of Albert leaving me for somebody else. (laughs) Like one that like really stuck with me yesterday. And, and I like the girl that he had got like gotten with, she kicked me out of my own house. And I was like, is this my fear of moving like my subconscious fear coming out? It must Absolutely. be. 
And I was like, I have no, I've never thought that, but you know, moving in your relationship to sharing a space and handing in the keys of your old house and knowing that this is your home and like, this is where both of you spend your time, you know, like you have to just make those adjustments. And it's like what we said at the beginning of this too, where it's like, you just make you make every little thing positive and you talk about everything. So communication is something that we've always strived. And so, you know, even if we do feel a little bit like, Ooh, I don't know if I want that to look this way. It's like, okay, well let's find a compromise because nothing, even if Alb feels a a whole different way than I do, nothing is big enough for us to argue about. Cause I think we're both at a place in our lives where it's like the relationship is what matters. Everything else is just fluff. And none of and it. You don't sweat ever. the small stuff. Like it's I think that's small. a big part of any relationship is like, what does this really matter at the end of the day? Like, oh, I want this photo on this part of the wall, but I want it over here. Like of all the things, is that something that we really need to, because there are people that will fight tooth and nail over some of those really small things and it'll make it miserable. Yeah. And I think and you guys are both really great at being like, you know what? That's not going to affect my life a couple minutes from now. So let's come to something that we both can agree on and just that that will make us happier. Yeah. And I think that's what we've both learned because we can both be like that at times where it's like, oh, but like, I'm thinking this and, you know, we kind of find ourselves in those moments and uh, we're self-aware enough to recognize when those conversations are happening. So usually how it ends up is we stop and we look at each other and we kind of just like, okay, like this is where we are. And like, does it really matter? It goes back to that. And and we have to ask ourselves that like any other person, you ask yourself, does it really matter? Is it worth me spending energy to try to change it? Am I really going to be that much happier having something done my way than, than, than his way? And, you know, when you live with a partner, you have different decoration styles and you both have different decor. So, that's why the gallery wall that I made, and it has a combination of both of our pictures, posters, awards, whatever it is. And it was this really humbling moment when I, when I looked at it and, you know, it's, they're such different styles, but together it all works together. And I think that's more of a statement of how I feel in this house too. It's, it's both of us. And you have to realize that it's not going to be everything that you choose, but it looks really good together. So that's been my experience through it. And I'm, I'm excited to see where it goes. Just, it, it's still weird to wrap my head around it. And I just got a new car. So like having that out there and I was like, did I just age myself 10 years? Yeah. I was going to say, that's a really good little nugget, uh, tip. If you're moving in with a partner that Callie just disclosed a gallery wall, because Mm -hmm. though they're so in right now and they can look in any way, they don't, there's no like rhyme or reason to a gallery wall. So like if you and your partner both have decor and you want to make it a more neutral living space, that's a perfect way to do it because then both your art, both your passions are up on the wall. But at the same time, it's totally like a trendy, beautiful look right now. And I think a gallery wall is actually, it's coming back. It's a timeless thing because like my grandparents had a gallery wall. Yeah, and I think about same. that. That's probably why they did it. Cause they're like, well, I want this up and I want this up. Well, let's just put it all up. Totally reflects both your styles. And then no one can be upset. Cause it's like, well, our, both of our stuff is up on the wall. Yeah. And the best part about it is that it doesn't need to have, like Andy said, it doesn't need to have a rhyme or reason. It doesn't need to even need to be 
like perfectly lined up anywhere. You can kind of just do it however you wish. Um, but I've, I've always wanted something that is like floor to ceiling, just covered. And obviously you still have space between them too, but you get so much color and there's so much character. And it's honestly a huge conversation piece too, because you're just, you know, your eyes go wide when you first walk into that room and you're like, wow, like, I don't even know what to look at, but it works so well at the same time. So that would be my recommendation yeah. to anyone making that tr- type of yeah. transition or make it for yourself. That's Yeah. Just for you because you yeah. love yourself. True. If you're moving alone, like there's a lot of ways to make your space yours. I think the really important part of what Callie's saying is that the feng shui of a space is a big deal. I know for us three, for sure. And it is actually for, for anyone. It's a, it's a mental health thing. If your space is visually appealing to you, you're going to feel calmer, more relaxed, and you're going to own your space more. It's just a little bit more of an obstacle when you have another person there, like a roommate or a partner, because now you need to get like both of your eyes need to be pleased by it. But I think there's um, a lot of ways to, yeah, come together on that decision. And we have seen the gallery wall and it is beautiful. It's visually appealing (laughs) to me as well as an outsider. And I also think it's beautiful because I know it represents both Callie and Albert and their accomplishments and things that mean something to them. And it's putting less pressure on yourself to have this like perfect bar or what's the company that always has like perfect home photos, like any magazine that you can find with like the perfect home where it's like very clean and laid out and everything's in a perfect place. Like that doesn't always mean that that's going to be what makes you happy or what makes your soul happy when you walk into your home. I love the idea of walking into someone's house and being like, this is like a museum. Like I get to walk in here and see them represented. Mm -hmm. Cause that's always been something that I've really wanted in my house too. I want someone to look in and be like, wow, like this is Callie and Albert's home. This isn't just like something that you find. And, and there's so much artwork out there that is just like at Target and everyone else has it. And it doesn't mean anything to you. And yeah, it looks nice on the wall, like having a leaf on your wall with like a gold frame. There's so many things like that. And not saying it's bad if you have that either, but like ask yourself what it means to you, because is it really serving you? I can say honestly that everything on my wall this freaking huge gallery wall, everything I like Albert and I have handpicked as important to us. And it has a memory, both of like my art is up on our wall too. And so having these things, it just really makes a home feel like a home. And I've always made that a point in any space that I'm in to say, how can I weave in my style and my, my personal passion into this space? So then it's uniquely mine. Yeah. And I think like going back to what you both are speaking about, um, making your home a good reflection of your personality is the best part. And especially like Callie, like you going into a part, like going in with your partner, like that's fun. You guys get to be able to mesh your personalities together to make the perfect home. And like, it's just so much fun when it's more you. And like when Andy and Callie walk into my apartment. Like I want them to be like, Oh, yep. This is Mar. Like, of course she would have a very bright blue couch. Like I have, like, it's just very like, it's parts of your personality. And that's the best part of decorating. And like, again, decorating with intention. I feel like our like theme is just being intentional with everything and your actions, but like, 
decorating with intention and wanting to make it yours and not so much this aesthetic that I think a lot of people strive for that you can see it like in the catalog, you know? Yeah. I think that's something that I had to learn because I've moved so many times in my life, like over 25 times. And usually it was always just a bedroom I'm decorating because, you know, you're living with roommates and stuff like that. But that was one of the biggest things I learned. I was always like, what are other people going to want to see when they walk in here? And when I had a whole apartment to decorate, it was like, well, when someone's sitting in my living room, what are they going to be looking at? And are they going to be looking at this like mark on my wall? Are they going to look at this like ugly uh, um, thrifted desk that I have? Like, what are they going to see? And then I started realizing when I go into other people's homes, I rarely ever notice anything, to be honest. I'll notice like the things that are like, oh, cool, this painting, like, you know, what, what is this painting or who painted this? Or I might notice, um, the, the plants that you have or some of the decor, but I will never sit and be like, Oh, interesting couch choice. Like I've literally never had that sort of judgment. So I'm like, people aren't actually looking at that when they walk in, they just are, what they're noticing is how you have put something together. Cause it's like, it's like a piece of you. And I think I've gotten compliments on, my living space, even when I've felt like I wasn't super confident in it because people are walking in and seeing me like reflected in my space and they like me. So they're going to like my space. So it is, I think, less about making it look like a Kardashian home and more about making it whatever makes you happy. You're the one who has to sit in your house uh, like more than anyone else. So you should yeah. love how it looks. And I will say, Andy, it's it's exactly what you said before, the feng shui. And people don't sense exactly what you have. They're not looking at, you know, exactly what type of fireplace or bookshelf you have. They're seeing the and feeling the energy in the room. And if you put good energy into a space and how you present something, that's what they're really going to feel. I mean, it's it's like the difference between walking into a space that you can tell someone has taken time on and things are organized and everything's very you know, matter of fact, it's, it's placed there for a reason. It has a purpose versus somebody who doesn't keep their house nice and things are cluttered and, you know, there's no sense of style. You can walk in and you, you kind of get a sense of who that person is in a way too. And I think just to round off this whole conversation too, everything you put into your space carries an energy. And I think that's what having intention, like Mara said, behind what you're purchasing, what you're putting in your space, where you're placing it, everything carries an energy. And that's why like when I get something new, I'll sage it or sage my house. Cause I want to almost like welcome the energy of the said item into my space. Um, but I think it's important to understand that objects have energy as well. There's and the energy is everywhere. And so that's another way that if you're really wondering, like, how do you pick something out that's right for you if you're thrifting it? Like, for instance, that was somebody else's, someone else's energy is in that. I always like stop and pause if I'm physically going to pick something out and touch it and feel it. Like, how does this feel? Does this give me good energy when I pick it up? Does it make me feel like happy and light or does it have some sort of a dark energy around it? I thrifted things before where I've picked it up and been like, Nope, that's mm -hmm. beautiful. But there's something that feels off about it. And I think just really listening to that in anything you do in life, the food you're putting into your body, the, you know, the stuff you're picking up to drink, um, just 
anything that you're consuming in general has an energy. And I think just paying attention to that and being more intentional. Yeah. That's kind of where this conversation ended up leading us in it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I love which it. Then, which then brings us to Mar. I would really love for you to talk about your move and yes. how you're feeling emotionally with that. <laughs> um, good. <laughs> it's I'm kind of in the process of, um, I'm in the part of moving that some may describe as stressful. Um, <laughs> it's just the getting everything together and making the moves. It's a lot of the logistic side of moving. And I would say I'm on the end, like on the tail of it. I feel more hopeful every day, but it has been a struggle in the way of, well, moving in a pandemic is one of the very stressful things and moving across True. country basically on your own. Like I, I am going with people, but we all kind of reside in different places in the United States. So it's going, it's just a very difficult situation where we are having to work together, but also getting there separately. And it's been the crazy situation and I do feel really hopeful and really good about it now, but I definitely was struggling and I'll probably continue to struggle on specific things, but, um, I'm excited because it's a huge new chapter. Honestly, I just feel like it's a new book at this point. Like I just closed, finished a book, put it away and I'm like writing the second one. Uh, it doesn't even feel like a new chapter. It feels like a whole new ass book. And I'm doing something really scary and I'm so stoked about it. <laughs> I am really excited to see in a month from now um, where I'm at, what I'm doing and how, how it's going. <laughs> like I'm learning to let go of being in control of everything. I'm learning how to compromise. Cause like I said, I am moving there with other people and I've been practicing the term scripting I don't know if either of you guys have done that. I just have recently been introduced. That's why I don't know if you guys have practiced it, but it's basically like a journal, but you're journaling a life that you don't necessarily have yet, but you're acting like you do. So like my journal entries are very much like I woke up today and drank coffee on my fire escape. And I like, I'm looking at like my new city that I live in and my roommates are making breakfast and I'm about to go into work at like 10 AM. Like, it's very like you are journaling as if you're living the day in the life that you want and what you're striving for. And it's been really crazy. I feel it's given me a lot of hope. I do it at night a lot because as you guys know, I'm a Pisces moon. So like, I think that's the time where I get the most creative and most hopeful about things. And I'm already seeing like little things like trickle in that I wrote like a month ago. And I'm like, oh, that's so crazy and exciting. Um, and also during the last new moon, I jarred. I don't know if you guys know that term either. Jarring is basically where you write down affirmations or the I am statements or they say I will, but I always get a little nervous about that with manifestation because you want to be in the present and I will is kind of more of a future thing. Um, but like I have it on my window still right now because it was a new moon. So I did it when the moon was out or when the new moon was out. So basically not a moon, you can't see it. But anyways, um, <laughs> and they're, so, they're just things like 
I will get an apartment with this many, or I have an apartment with this many rooms and this many bathrooms in this location. And it's stuff like that, where it's just little manifestations that you put in a jar that you want to basically succeed in the last, in the next month or work towards. And also shadow work. I don't know if you guys have ever done a lot of shadow work. I haven't. Uh, but I've been working on shadow work because it helps clear your energy more. So when you do manifest, it's more of a, on an empty slate or like a blank slate. Um, shadow work is really hard. Uh, and it, you, you're going into your like really deep negative sort of unhealthy habits and you're basically writing them out and seeing them for the first time. And it can be really daunting uh, I struggle with it. I find myself lying sometimes when I'm writing <laughs> and then I have to scratch it out and be like, that's not true. And we know that. Um, <laughs> one of them was just like, what do you think your weaknesses are? And like, what do you fear in your life? And it's stuff that like, you really have to sit down and be like, I don't think I'm good at this, but it's nice to see that because you can look at that and you can be like, okay, but how can I make this better for tomorrow? So sort of thing, like, how can I start this habit now? And Callie actually posted something. I think it was like today, but like little tiny habits. I think it was yesterday. Little tiny habits that you start now are going to benefit you in five years and 10 years and blah, blah, blah. The secret to your future is hidden in your daily routine. That's, that's so true. Okay, that's my screen <laughs> on my phone currently. <laughs> oh, there you go. So, so. Well, yeah. And like, that's basically it. Well, I think that like there's so much to be said about that, but like so many people think that you have to do these big, massive changes in order to like make change and there and then people get burnt out or they get discouraged because making these big commitments before making small ones, it is really daunting. So starting out with small things that are incredibly manageable and using that as a baseline and you can always expand upon those habits that you're already bringing in and that you already have. But that's what makes change. And, you know, I don't I don't really want something that's going to make a, a change for me tomorrow if it's not going to last me two years, five years, 10 years down the line. So committing to yourself and, and maybe after this, you ask yourself, like, what's one area of my life that I can commit to a little bit more or what's something that I can bring into my daily habits that I know that I need? Or maybe it's a morning routine. Maybe it's a nighttime routine you know, tracking how you spend your time during your day. So you're using those things wisely. Totally. And what I love about what Mars doing is it's a lot of visualization techniques, just in different ways, whether it's like journaling about the future, like she's visualizing what she wants and then writing it down is even more powerful than just visualizing it. But I think that that's kind of a really great step I don't want necessarily want to say first step. It's just an important step in general when you're manifesting or trying to create a future. Because if you can't see yourself doing it or you can't picture yourself in that position that you want to be in, how is it supposed to happen? Like if your imagination can't even see it, how are you physically even going to get there? So I think that waking up and being like, I'm going to be drinking coffee on my fire escape being that specific, like this is something I can picture myself doing as a part of my daily routine is huge. And I know that that's helped me with a lot of my dreams that have come true as far as with my business and things I've done 
is I'm actually seeing myself in this position that I want to be in. And there's a lot of power behind that too. Yeah, it's definitely manifestation is equivalent to just being as detailed as possible. Like you could literally be as detailed as you want. Like I'm holding the cup with my right hand (laughs) and my nail polish is this. Like literally it can be as detailed as you want. So you need to like be able to see this happening and see it be your life. And yeah. Yeah. And I would say even down to how you feel in that moment, what smells are, are around you during that time? So like, what does the coffee smell like? When you're manifesting, it is important, like Mara said, to really clear out that chamber of darkness, if you will, because the you also manifest a lot more powerfully when you're feeling lighter and when you're not feeling like there is like physical things pulling you down or holding you back. And I know something personally that I can relate to is um, there's a time where I was feeling like I wasn't getting a lot accomplished or I didn't feel like I was moving at as fast of a pace as I normally would. And that was around the time that I was um, seeing a hypnotherapist and he talked me through going through some childhood traumas and like working through some dark parts of my past that were holding me back or making me look down on myself or making me less confident of who I was or holding on to other people's opinions of me that aren't actually my opinion of me. And so I think shadow work in general is something that we could all probably encourage you to look into further and, and even seek a mentor for it if you're not comfortable starting it on your own, um, because it's just going to allow you to push yourself. Sometimes that's what's holding people back is just past stuff, baggage, baggage, literally just weighing you down. And once you can kind of see through that and like Mara said, be honest about it with yourself because it's easy to lie and be like, oh, I'm over that or that doesn't affect me or that was from the past. So it has no way on who I am now. I mean, that's just not the truth. Like everything in our lives has has an effect on who we are and you can live your life without letting the past affect you so deeply if you do bring it back to the surface and kind of sit with it and be like, okay, hi. Yeah. You kind of fucked me up at one point, but now I'm, I want to like, let you go so I can move on from it. And it is just a a series of healing and grieving and kind of getting over things in your life. Really. Mm -hmm. I get excited to tell you that it's possible to manifest your dreams because I'm doing it and we're all doing it. And I think that it's easy to think, oh yeah, I can manifest when it's worked for you. It's a lot easier to really believe in that and believe in the universe working with you when you start seeing it happen, but you can't start seeing it happen until you try. And so ultimately, anytime I've manifested things with my business or my future, it's always been a little bit like, okay, but Andy, is that realistic? Like, is that something that could actually happen and you could be successful and happy doing that? There's always that questioning phase But I think when you want something enough and you continue to really focus on the fact that you're capable of really doing anything that you work for and put your mind to, and it's a lot more than just putting your mind to it, as we've talked about in the past, like there's a lot of work being put in, like Mara just gave a ton of examples of work she's physically putting in 
to her dreams and not just sitting there daydreaming about it. You know, like if you're going to sit and daydream about it, then write it down, make a section in your journal about the daydream, like put that extra step into it. But I think that's something I know I had talked to Mar about because at one point she had had a hardship with her move and it was sort of like, one hardship doesn't mean it's not meant to be. And it doesn't mean you need to give up in one time failing um, doesn't mean that your dream is ruined or it's the wrong dream. There's probably going to actually be a lot of obstacles. And sometimes that shows you that it is the right path because it, it isn't going to be easy all the time. If you want it enough, those hardships won't outweigh the positive outcome. And you'll just be like, okay, this was an obstacle. I got through it. I think it's obvious if something is so big that it gets in the way of your dream that makes that dream no longer an option for you, that might be the universe saying that that's not your path and that's something to listen to. But there's a lot of little hardships and little obstacles that have come up, but they're not enough to totally derail you. And those are little moments where you're like, okay, I'm glad this happened because I learned that this space would have been not the right fit or this date wouldn't have worked out well. Like for instance, I got pushed back quite a bit of when I could start working again due to construction and moving in, in the pandemic. And it's like, you know what, it's, it's working out well for me because there's all these other things I've been able to accomplish in this time that I would have been really stressed about accomplishing if I was back to work already. And so you just kind of have to keep re reshaping and reframing okay, why did this happen? What is this benefiting me? And as long as you can still see a benefit, then I think that that means that you're on the right path. So it's mm -hmm. been a really cool learning experience over and over again. And I would encourage anyone to sit down with your friends too. And if you haven't had these conversations already, but uh, like us three personally, we sit down regularly and be like, how are you feeling with everything? And naturally without even asking like what are you manifesting right now I feel like it always comes up somewhere in our conversations where it's like this is what I really am working towards this is what I'm manifesting and you know sitting down with somebody and saying hey what are you really what are you really working towards right now like what are you what are you visualizing what are you manifesting into your life right now because it's always I think I think giving people the go-ahead instead of waiting for somebody who's never really had that conversation before to like, they're not really going to bring it up naturally. So to almost prompt somebody and just create a space that's open and welcoming and knows that manifestation is not just bullshit. Cause if you're talking with somebody who just thinks manifestation is bullshit, you probably aren't going to get the answers that you're thinking. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So with that, um, let us know what you want to hear from us. I'm going to be meeting with the lovely Andrea again at some point this week. And I know we want to have her back on to talk about some good real topics. And um, we do have some other people that we want to bring on that we're kind of strategizing of when and how and where. But um, mostly we really just like to hear feedback on if you guys are feeling benefit benefited from our conversations. If there's areas you want us to touch on more, I think that um, those of you who do communicate with us about each episode, we love to hear from you. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, send them our way. But otherwise, <laughs> thank you for being here with us. Thank and you. Yes, thank you. We appreciate you. We love we'll you. We'll be back probably post move if we can get an episode in before then we will but 
bear with us as we are busy moving. But we love you. We hope you have a beautiful rest of your day or night or whenever you're listening. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.